All right, good evening, Grace Point. Good to see everybody out there today. I'm seeing you in the Spirit. You're out there listening. So we've been going through 1 Corinthians 12. And Father, I just pray that you continue to pour out revelation, uh, flow of the Holy Spirit as we're teaching through this, that what needs to be taught is taught. And uh, Lord, um, you know, what needs not to be said isn't said. Bless our hearing and our speaking through the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So let's go back to chapter 12, and we're going to pick up here in verse 27, and we're going to talk about here, Paul's, Paul is going to talk about spiritual offices. Now remember, he said that the body is one. Church, you are important. You have value. You are a part. These offices here, Paul says in Ephesians 4, are graces that Christ gives to the church to help the church grow. It's not about these spiritual offices in Jesus' mind. It is about you, and he appoints people into these offices to equip you. Amen? He wants to bless you. He wants to teach you. He wants to prophesy to you. He wants to heal you. He wants to minister to you so you can become a minister. And these offices are graces that God has put in the church to be a blessing. That's why you shouldn't fight again. If you have a prophet in your church or a pastor, an elder, an apostle, a miracle worker, don't fight against these people. God put them in the church to be a blessing to you. Pray for them. They're not perfect. I am not a perfect person. You already know that. Did you say amen, Brian? Was that? No, okay. <laughs> I'm not a perfect person. You already know that. Okay, I'm not. I, I, I'm just not. So uh, pray for me. I pray for you. Amen. When you're not doing good, I'm praying for you. I'm rooting for you. Pray for me. These offices that are given are given for the church to build it up. So let's read about these different offices and let's talk about it. Now, you are the body of Christ. Who's the head of the body, Sam? Jesus. Amen. And your members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. Okay, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, and gifts of healing. And by the way, oftentimes, miracles and healings go with the evangelist. In chapter 4 of Ephesians, Paul says, apostle, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. So when he lists them here, I think this miracle-working healer is probably an evangelist. It often is. Helps, administrations, variety of tongues. Remember, Sam, we talked about various kinds of tongues or divers' tongues earlier when we taught. He mentions it again here. And remember, I said it's very important to understand that. He's just not talking about your prayer language. He says there's a variety or diverse kinds of tongues. We'll get into that more. So he says, are, is everyone an apostle? Everyone a prophet? Is everyone a teacher? Does everyone work miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? Do all speak with tongues? Do all interpret but earnestly desired the best gifts, and yet now I show you a more excellent way. So let's go into this one at a time. 
try to go through. These are office gifts that God set in the church. The first one is an apostle. Now, there are those that do not believe that there are current day apostles. And of course, I never would have believed that. I grew up in Church of Christ, and I thought the only apostles were the 12 original apostles. Then you add Paul, he'd be number 13, right? Judas got uh, his, he, I think it was Matthias or Matthias took his place. So you had the 12 apostles of the Lamb and Paul. But actually, in the book of Acts, it calls Barnabas and Silas apostles. Did you know that? And there are others. I don't know all the ones, but there's actually, if you go through the Bible, there are at least 18 different people called apostles and maybe up to like 21, depending on how you read certain texts. But there are 18 different people called apostles. Barnabas was called an apostle. So he wasn't one of the 12. So it's obvious that it wasn't just the 12 and Paul that were apostles. Silas was an apostle. So it's obvious that it wasn't just the original 12 that were apostles. What does the word apostle mean? Do you know Jesus was called an apostle? Did you know that? He said he's the apostle and high priest of our confession, of our faith. Jesus is. Why was Jesus an apostle? Well, what does apostle mean? That's for my YouTube crowd. I do that. I'm listening to see if they're going to tell me. Do you know out there in YouTube land what apostle means? It means a sent one. Jesus was a sent one. He was sent by the Father to do a specific work. Often, missionaries that are sent to other countries are apostles. They're sent ones. In our day and age, often an apostle would be a church planter, okay? They're not just a pastor that's coming into a church to pastor. God sends that person somewhere to start a work or to plant a work there in that area, and they are called apostles. It's not something to brag about. That's, we have this idea because we think the apostles were just the apostles of the Lamb, and there are the 12 original apostles that will sit on 12 thrones. None of us are going to be that. There are 12 apostles, and there's 12 thrones, and they are going to judge the nation of Israel. That's what Jesus said. And it'll be the ones listed in the book of Acts. Some people think it'll be Paul instead of Matthias or Matthias. I don't know. We're not one of those. No one can be one of those. But there are other apostles that are sent out uh, to do specific works for God and to plant churches, etc. But we think of apostles as being those special original apostles. So we think it's almost like bragging, like, you know, I'm an apostle, or people like to call themselves an apostle. Well, number one, I personally, I never liked uh, calling somebody or being called Prophet Brad. Doesn't that sound kind of pretentious? Now, in some church cultures, they do that, and I don't judge them. That's their church culture. That's just what they do. Uh, they'll have Deacon Joe or Deacon, uh, Deacon Blues, no, no, Deacon Sam, right? Elder Brian, Bishop Brian, uh, Prophet Jim, Apostle Byron, 
Evangelist Bill. They dislike those titles. That's fine. I don't judge them because that's their church culture. Me personally, I, I, don't, want, I don't even like always being called Pastor Brad. I kind of like it when young kids call me Pastor Brad because I, I like the idea of protecting young people and helping young people. But I don't care in the church if people just call me Brother Brad. You know, Some people believe it's respect to call you by your title, you know, Pastor Brad. I really don't care. I know who I am. I know what God's called me to do. Um, and, and then, you know, we don't call people like uh, teacher, teacher Joe, Teacher Missy, you know. The title should not be important to us. It's what you do. If you're an apostle, you're an apostle. God sends people out to foreign missions to start works, to evangelize and plant churches. He'll send people out to other cities Sam, you could get married and God sends you to Lima, Ohio to plant a church. You would be an apostle, a sent one from Grace Point. Okay? You'd be sent on a mission. We might give you money, say, go plant a church in Lima, Ohio, Grace Point, Lima. Okay? You'd be sent there. It's not, we don't get caught up in that language. But there are, God will give apostles a lot of gifts because they're planting a work. They need a lot of gifts. So they have a a grace on them to be a church planter, and they'll often operate in all of the gifts because they're planting. An apostle has to be a pastor, right? An apostle has to be an evangelist, right? An apostle has to be a church planter, right? So they're, uh, they're going to be a teacher. They have to be because what an apostle does is they go in, they plant a church, and they start it, and they should be training up other pastors, they should be training up evangelists. They should be training up teachers. They should be training up miracle workers and all these gifts. So the apostle will have to have some familiarity to it so he can help train these things up. The best thing an apostle could do is go into a church, plan it, get about three preachers, lay hands on them, anoint them, get some evangelists, get some prophecy going in the church, get it solid, and then leave and go start another one. Wouldn't that be amazing? Well, that's what an apostle does. He's sent, and mostly they're church planters. They're sent to start new work. Not always, but mostly. And then there's the prophet. Um, do you know what a prophet is? Let me ask you out there in the audience, is there a difference between a New Testament prophet and an Old Testament prophet? Yeah, major, major, there's a lot of differences. Now, there are similarities because they both speak for God, right? But the Old Testament prophets, they were always Jewish, right? Because they were from uh, Israel and they were speaking. Those Old Testament prophets often proph prophesied judgment all the time, in fact. You read Jeremiah, it's all judgment almost. They were not cheerful people. They would prophesy against the nation, they would say, you're breaking the covenant of God. Come back to the covenant. And they'd be calling out judgment on the nation. God's going to judge you. A New Testament prophet is sent to encourage, to exhort. And they do have other giftings operating. it. They do speak for God. But because we have the gospel it's, and this pro prophetic ministry is an operation of grace, a lot of what a prophet does is speak to encourage you to exhort you and to move you forward. And he may give you a word to, 
a word of exhortation or a word, something to your future. And they will hear from God and they will give direction from the church. I mentioned it uh, previously. Jeff Houck, to me, has operated in that gift of prophecy where he has actually, probably about three or four times now, Jeff has spoken and I really heard God using him prophetically to give direction to this church. Say, hey, this is what I think. And I just look at him and think, wow, that's okay. He's speaking prophetically. He has a word from God to the church. So that's the prophet's ministry. It's different somewhat from the Old Testament. Although, can, can God, do you think, Sam, give a prophet a word of judgment? Yeah. In the book of Acts, I think chapter 11, maybe I'm wrong, but a prophet named Agabus said that there was going to be a famine. Okay, say, so, hey, a famine's coming. That same prophet told Paul, you're going to go to Jerusalem and you're going to be bound and basically thrown in jail. And it happened, just like he said. So yeah, it can be a word, can be negative, could be something negative happening, uh, definitely. But a prophet mostly is someone here to edify and build up the church. Okay. Teachers, we know a teacher is someone. Let me ask you this question out there. Just because someone's a teacher in school, does that mean they're a gifted, called teacher in the body of Christ? Of course not. Being a teacher in the body of Christ is a supernatural endowment and a gifting by God to teach the Word of God and from the Spirit of God. It's not a natural thing. It's a supernatural thing that God gives someone a gift. So, And then we talked about uh, miracles and healings often would be an evangelist. And I'm going to stop right there because I, I really, I'm going to break into this, I, this idea of tongues here. I'm just going to tap on that because we're going to get into it in a huge way in chapter 14. I really want to bring some things to bear. I'll do that next week. We'll stop right here. We'll pick up here with the gift of tongues that Paul is talking about. Then we'll roll into chapter 13. All right, see you next week.